Hello, listeners of Jackie Just Chatters. This is your hostess, Jackie Lentz. I want to thank you listeners for your patience. I know this letter should have come out weeks ago. Sadly, there have been some personal hardships that have made it impossible for Diane to continue doing the voice of Aunt Ivy. I am eternally grateful for her enthusiasm and effort. She is in my thoughts and I wish her the best. This letter introduces our new voice of Ivy, Katie Sutcliffe, whom I feel does an extraordinary job and I want to thank her so much for helping out and being part of this project. I really think she wonderfully brings Ivy to life. Without further ado, on to the show. This is my ongoing bonus mini-cast murder mystery serial. Each week brings a fresh letter in this cozy tale of murder. If you have not listened before, you are going to want to find letter number one and begin there. I hope you enjoy. To silence a scandalmonger, murder in an English village. Welcome to another installment of this audio drama. Play along as you step into the role of one Gwendolyn Armstrong, who is living in 1951 Oxford, England, and is in the final months of earning her bachelor's degree in history from St. Hughes. Your post is full of regular letters from your Aunt Ivy and other occupants of the charming village of Upper Stock Green. On the surface, it seems a serene picture of stone cottages, beautiful green countrysides, and charitable neighbors. But underneath, in the darkness, a sinful world hides, and the shadow beats the heart of a murderer. By the time the last letter arrives, can you identify the killer? Previously, Unto Silence is Scandalmonger. We learned that Aunt Ivy was witness to a private argument between Iris Bailey and Silas Palmer. Given the nature of their exchange, she has surmised that Silas is the father of Iris's secret baby. Which, Ivy being Ivy, she almost immediately went and taunted Mrs. Bailey and Mrs. Palmer with a mention of the young pair in a tete-a-tete. The mothers were rather disturbed by the information which seemed to amuse Ivy to no end. Ivy does like to stir the pot. What will she get up to next? Let's join this week's adventure, shall we? A letter to Gwen from Aunt Ivy. 1st of April, 1951. Rabbit Hill Cottage, Upper Stock Green, England. My sweet Gwenny, greetings to you. My only niece and living relation of any worth. Your recent letter and its news has left me a bit downhearted, I must admit. Are you certain you must stay in Oxford during the Easter holiday? I know you want to prepare for your last exams. I understand you've been working towards this for many years and want to make sure all goes well at the end. Of course, you desire to do well and make your family proud. You are a good, smart and hard-working girl. I want you to excel, but I miss your face. You look so much like your father. You have the same eyes. When I look into those lovely blue eyes with flecks of green, I see both of you at the same time. I miss him, your uncle and cousin. Rabbit Hill Cottage can be a lonely place during these celebratory seasons. I will have your room ready anyway. If your plans change, and you find you can come down, 
even for an afternoon or one night, I shall be so happy to have you. I had all these menus planned, but they can wait until after your graduation, I suppose. I plan to put on such a celebration here and we will invite half the village. We will go to Clark's Ladies Goods and get you a new frock. Or perhaps I will even make a trip to London with you. It has been a while since I've dared to venture that far away. But you are worth the journey. I wish you all the luck, my dear girl. I know you will earn those firsts for sure. Mr Gibson has announced a halt to his sausage and bacon sales for at least a fortnight. There has been some difficulty in his supply chain, or some such rot. This news caused a queue for porridge at the post. I was able to get one of the last boxes. That Silas Palmer had the nerve to show his face in the shop. And while we were having a good moan about the rationing, he made a statement about all of us needing to do our part. I would have thrown that box of porridge at his head. Except he would have kept it and I would have been without my breakfast. I foresee dark days indeed for the village until Mr Gibson returns us to our usual good humour. Mrs Owens this past week was lamenting that she has not seen any activity of the vicar at the back of the tea shop. No glimpses of him holding hands with Miss Berrycloth before making an early morning escape. While she disapproves, it does provide a certain amount of entertainment. However, Mohammed may not be going to the mountain, but it seems the mountain has been going to Mohammed. A few days ago, I went to the cemetery to lay flowers for both Uncle Herbert and Daniel, when I saw some movement in the back hedgerows, the part known as the Lover's Corner. It is rather distasteful for a section of a churchyard and its cemetery to be given such a lurid name and to carry the dishonourable distinction as a place for a romantic tryst. But that is the way it has been for generations. I must admit that even your Uncle Herbert and I made use of the hedge for a kiss or two in our heady youth. Hearing a rustle from the hedge paused me and I recalled those misty days of the past. I got lost in a private silent reflection for a few moments. The lovers must have thought I had gone because they emerged and looked shocked and terrified when they realised they had been observed. Who were these young loves dream coming out? It was none other than Reverend Fernsby and Miss Berrycloth. They didn't even attempt to conjure a lie to justify their being together. Squawking, she fled in the direction of the main square and mumbling incoherently, he ran for the church. Really, what an example he is setting for his flock. I am thinking I may have no choice but to write a letter to the bishop and let him know. Perhaps I shall warn Mrs Fernsby and give her a chance to get her husband under control before I pen such a letter. That is the charitable thing for one Christian woman to do for another. It is possible she is unaware of her husband's dalliance and thus has not brought him to heel. I will see her at the next meeting when we work on the altar flowers in three weeks' time. I can manage to have a private word with her then. Yes, that seems sensible. Mrs Owens is sending you a double batch of biscuits this time. 
she was complaining about my listening to that swing music again. She warned that if people found out, they would start to think I was a socialist. I told her she was full of nonsense. No one would ever question my traditional values. Gwen, Mr Glenn Miller isn't a socialist, is he? Love, Aunt Ivy. Come back in a week for Gwen's next letter as we work closer to solving who silenced a scandalmonger. Have any suspects, speculations, or insights? Head over to my Facebook author page and share your theories. You can find the link in the description. This podcast was written by Jackie Lentz, narrated by Jackie Lentz, and Ivy, voiced by Katie Sutcliffe. Remember, you can follow on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio. Or you can find me, like, and subscribe on YouTube. If you are enjoying these podcasts, I would be delighted if you shared with your friends, left a rating on Spotify, or a review on Apple Podcast. Until next time, I wish you well. Music